Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 608. Don't give up and keep keep on learning. No matter how old you are, you just, just keep on learning. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Dennis Maddich. Dennis, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Uh, Yes, I am. All right. Great to have you here. Dennis Maddich is a lifelong San Jose native who cut his teeth at the San Jose racetrack, spending Friday nights at Alviso Speedway, and Saturday nights at San Jose Speedway. For over 40 years, Dennis has followed motorsports around the U.S. and in England with his camera and his pen. He's been published locally and nationally in numerous publications. Dennis is a consistent participant of the John Ryan Journalism Award. He's the official World of Outlaw photographer and has served as vice president of photography for the Motorsports Press Association for three years. Dennis published his first book, History of San Jose Auto Racing, 1903 to 2007, and his second book, History of Watsonville and Salinas Auto Racing, was published in 2012. And his third book, History of San Jose Part 2, was published this year in 2016. One lucky subscriber is going to win two of Dennis's books, so listen and learn how to be eligible at the end of the show. So Dennis, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles and racing? All right. Uh, I was, uh, I'm a baby boomer. I was born in the middle of the last century in the heart of downtown San Jose. My mother was raised on the prairies of Montana by homesteading parents, and my father was a native from the San Jose area. Wow. He served in the Navy during World War II on the Bunker Hill. Man. I went to James Lick High School. Two of my classmates were footballer Jim Plunkett and golfer Roger Maltaby. Wow. And during the 1970s, I returned to college where I majored in machine technology and minored in photography. I graduated from San Jose City College with an AS degree. Uh, During the 1957, my father started his own business in San Jose called Maddish Automotive Service. We were a 3A affiliate, and we also did towing for local police agencies. It wasn't long before we had a stable race car stationed at the shop. I literally grew up around race cars. I would spend part of my weekend cleaning the cars as a favor to the drivers. 
It was also also at this time that I took my first race car photos with my Kodak Brownie camera. <laughs> Brownie, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what those baby boomers had. Yep. Uh, when I turned 16 in 1966, I drove my to- drove the tow truck for my father. By the time I was 18, I was taking our tow truck out to the racetrack and helping with the cleanups after accidents. It was. I also kept a camera now a 35 millimeter with me, and I would photograph the races. My father sold a business in 1974. I have very fond memories of those years, and I learned a lot about cars and how to repair them. I also saw a lot of bad crashes on the highways, which were was an eye opener. Yeah. Now, when you combine the love of photography and motorsports, you be, you become a race car photographer, which is what I did. Yeah. Now, during 1972, I had my first photos published in a magazine called Cavalcade of Auto Racing, and then soon after, I was shooting for National Speed Sport News, Racing Wheels newspaper, which is up in your neck neck of the woods, up in Washington. Okay. Uh, Open Wheel Magazine, Flat Out Magazine, and the local daily newspapers. Now, when submitting photos to newspapers and magazines, I was required to write captions. Writing captions led me to writing stories. And by the 1980s, my stories were being published in local and national newspapers and magazines. Those experiences ultimately led me to writing books, which I am now working on my fourth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a really cool story because the evolution of how you came to be where you are today is really interesting. And one of the things I noticed when I got copies of your books here, and thank you for them, they're really cool, is it, it reminded me of opening up an old yearbook and going back in time. And you see these old pictures and stories, and you just feel like, ah, this is pretty cool. And the history that you got to live and now you're sharing with us is really fantastic. So very excited to share what you're doing with our listeners. But as we continue on your journey, I like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life, and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Dennis, take the wheel. Okay, uh, mine is a don't give up mm. and keep keep on learning. No matter how old you are, you just just keep on learning, Yes, is, which is something I did, especially when I was writing the books. Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of other people say they're going to write books, but it never happens because it's, it's very difficult. Yes. And so most people give up on it. Absolutely. You know, it's a great way to go through life. It's a kind of a classic entrepreneurial attitude is don't give up. I hear that a lot from guests here is just keep trying new things too. Yeah. And these days there's so many wonderful opportunities with the technology we have in front of us to to really do things. If you want to be a writer, you can build a free website, put it out there in front of people and just see what happens and see where it goes. Things like this never existed back when you and I were young. So uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Well, you talk about growing up uh, with your dad, that service station repair shop, the driving the tow truck, being at these racetracks. If you go way back in time, could you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment as you remember it when you were a car guy? Yeah, well, as kids, we're most impressionable, you know, as children. Mm-hmm. And whatever our parents expose us to is usually what you're going to grow up loving. You know, it could be baseball or football or something. And you kind of grew up loving that. And that's what it was for me. So my earliest memories were my parents packing me and my brothers into the car and heading out to the racetrack. Mm. And it was the sights, the sounds, and the smells of that experience. My mind had a lasting impression, you know, which set me on the lifelong, on a lifelong love affair with the sport. And that ultimately leading 
uh, writing books and stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're a lucky kid. I, I, I was fortunate my dad took me to some of the races and things. I grew up in Southern California, and we used to go up to the Orange County Raceway, the drag strip up there, and watch the dragsters run, people like Don Garlitz. I saw Evil Knievel jump over a bunch of school buses there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it yeah. was really cool. My mom even made me an Evil Knievel cape when I got back home. I think I was six or seven years old and uh, used to ride my bike up and down the street and pretend like I was Evil Knievel jumping over the uh, uh, little trash cans and stuff like that. So nice. Well, Dennis, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge you faced or a big failure that you faced along the way and writing books and doing what you do with photography and journalism. But the most important part of this is how did you overcome that particular situation and what did it teach you? Uh, well, medically speaking, I'm a cancer survivor. I've been in a fatal car crash and I've uh, had broke my back and had spinal fusions. But, you know, being, oh my in, gosh. <laughs> being uh, in shape really helped me. Because I, I play racquetball at the state level, but not, all that helped me uh, in my recoveries. Wow. But the closest call I ever had was a car crash. Uh, it was just a matter of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, but uh, business-wise, uh, actually, I'm a, my daytime job is I'm an inspector. So I, I write I don't write books full-time. But, but uh, writing a book is the most challenging endeavor I've ever faced as a photojournalist. Mm. And today's uh, the internet has created uh, plagiarism or copyright violations, which is my biggest challenge now. Is coming out with books and people scanning them and sticking them on the internet, mm-hmm. and it seems to be rampant. I can't do anything about it. Uh, no, it's really a tough thing. You know, I I take a lot of photographs and I post them up on my Instagram and my my Facebook pages and social fit pages and all that. And uh, I often see my images in other places and sometimes attributed to other people. And really all I ever do is I send them a kind little note and say, hey, by the way, that's my image. Maybe you could give me a credit. That would be nice, <laughs> you know. And that's all you can really do uh, unless you're, you know, you have big, deep pockets and lawyers and w- you never collect anything anyway. So it's kind of the way things are, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. We uh, we have to abide by the copyright laws i've had to sign all kinds of legal legal documents and releases and stuff to use photos from you know museums and libraries and stuff but those those laws don't apply to the internet and like like you said you can't do anything about it and unless they're making money off it which nobody is on on the internet Mm -hmm. uh, you you can't really sue them no no so uh well i understand that is a challenge for sure and it's something that you just have to find your own way to overcome that and decide whether you're going to chase people down or you're going to uh ignore it or whatever you're going to do so uh i know yeah i ignore it (laughs) yeah pretty much what you have to do sometimes so there's a lot of folks out there nodding their head right now saying the same thing i even once had somebody come after me saying hey you used my picture and i went well no that was my picture (laughs) and uh I can prove it to you. Here's the day and time I took it. So it's a great thing about digital photography now. It tracks everything that you shot. So you can go back and even look at the uh, ISO and F-stop that you used the moment you took the picture. So Yeah. yeah. Well, I put watermarks on my photos now, and I've had people erase those off. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Photoshop them out. I don't even bother with that. There's there's easy ways to uh, take those out. Uh, There's even programs now on on smartphones that can just erase those things. So uh, it is what it is. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment, a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction, a new idea that you have with your career. Tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. 
Well, it was for 50 years of my life, I've collected, studied, and photographed the history of auto racing in the San Francisco Bay Area. Well, about 20 years ago, my, one of my British friends, he's a British journalist, and he himself has written four books. He was trying to encourage me to write a book on San Jose racing, and I always said no because it was very difficult, and I wasn't really sure how to do it. But about 12 years ago, I was reading a brief one-page article on the history of San Jose racing in National Speedsport News, and I thought to myself, hey, you know, I can do that. And, you know, and I looked around and I really realized that there was nobody who was going to write a book on the local auto racing history. Mm-hmm. And it, if I didn't take it on, it wasn't going to get done. And it was a book that needed to be written because auto racing was the number one sport in San Jose for nearly 70 years. Wow. That was that was until the Sharks, San Jose Sharks came to town. But uh, so with 40 years of auto racing photo jur- journalism under my belt I w- and a vast library of photos, I've wow. got well over 100,000 uh, images. I had the means to do it, so I made the decision to take on that task. Well, it's great that you did because you're securing history and moments in time and I can only imagine going through all those images. I mean, what a project. And then putting some words to those images, even a bigger project. I mean, it's a monumental task. And I'll remind the listeners again, I have copies of a couple of books here. And I mean, the stuff that's in here, it just is incredible detail. And it's such a a monumental task that you took on. So that aha moment, at times you probably look back and said, this was an uh uh-oh moment, not an uh aha moment. But uh (laughs) But yeah. I'm glad you did it, and you did a really great job. I could tell you the process of what it takes to write it. Uh, sure, yeah. Give us a brief uh, brief synopsis if you okay. can. Yeah, it takes about four years to write each book. and The, uh, the reason is the research. Mm. You know, other authors will tell you that research is the hardest part of writing a book and mm-hmm. because it's very tedious and time-consuming. But accuracy and getting the facts right is most important. An author has to be able to back up what he writes because these are the history books, and they're in the Library of Congress and the local libraries. Mm-hmm. So people for generations will be reading them and counting on them to be accurate. Right, right. And trust me, if you do make a mistake, people will not hesitate to point it out. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> Luckily, I've only made a couple in those books. So anyway. Yeah, and especially car guys, you know. I mean, yeah. we, there's so many experts in specific areas. When you're writing a book that covers a broad swath like you did, Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine the time and effort that it takes for you to to do all this research, put it all together, make sure it's all accurate, and like you said, with all the licensing agreements and uh, approvals and things, it's a massive undertaking, and that's where I'm always very appreciative when I look through books like this and go, wow, I mean, I just, I can't imagine the work that, that this this took. Yeah, well, it, I've got about five years of experience going down to the library through microfilm. Uh, nowadays, some of the newspapers are being scanned and put on the Internet, but it wasn't when I was writing the first couple of books. But the library was my home away from home. I was going there a couple times a week uh, going through microfilm. And I went, went through 100 years' worth of newspapers. You know, and I go through and I get every article. And then I start, in my case, I started at 1898. And I went through each year and just picked out the interesting stories from uh those newspaper articles and you know and created my manuscripts oh my gosh and i guess i have a lot of research material 
You know, it reminds me, I had a guest on the show here way, way back, Martin Rudeau. He's a local guy up here in the Pacific Northwest, and he's written several books about racing in this area, and I've known Martin forever. Uh, I see him all the time out at Pacific Raceway, and he shared some of the same things. Just the enormous amount of research needed to make sure these things are accurate is really uh, incredible. So bravo for all that hard work. How about a proudest career moment? Is there one that you could share with us? See, well, that would happen to be when uh, my first book came out. Mm, you know, yes. after all that, all that hard work, seeing something in your hands that you can turn the pages. Yeah, that that and uh, I'm also uh, I was the vice president of the Motor Sports Press Association. I'm on a couple Hall of Fame committees, and so I do inductions of people into the Hall of Fame and making those presentation uh, speeches at these big banquets is uh, something I'm, I'm proud of and I find to be a lot of fun. As you should be, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. I'd love for you to talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, my uh, first car was a 1959 Oldsmobile Super 88. It had a 394 cubic inch engine. It was a real gas guzzler, but, you know, it didn't really bother me because we had the automotive business and, you know, the cars that would get in freeway crashes and were totaled out. I'd just take the gas out of them. And stick them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. They were going to take it out anyway when they hauled it off to the... Right, to the scrapyard. So why not recycle it? But that, my second car was my pride and joy. That was a 1964 and a half 2 plus 2 Mustang Fastback. Oh, the first Mustang. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was... Yeah, it was a, and I, you know, I spent years fixing it up. Uh, put a three-quarter ton pickup uh, truck rear end in it because the original rear end I blew up. Mm-hmm. blew right out of it because I had too much horsepower uh, yeah, so I the engine up, <laughs> and I used to take it out to Fremont Drag Strip and race it. Nice. Like, well, it's, uh, it's a special—I won't say a special memory—but I almost got killed in a car crash in it. Uh, some other people in the other cars did die, but uh, oh, now was that the accident you mentioned earlier? Or is this another yeah, accident? Yeah, no, it's the one I mentioned earlier. Somebody oh. ran a stop sign. It was a blind intersection. Oh. They threw a stop sign and, and T-boned me, and, and I went through the window. But uh, oh, I used to—we used to go out and. Uh, do like they did in American Graffiti, you know, have, go out in the countryside and have drag racing at, uh, yeah. at night. Uh, we don't endorse that anymore, kids, so no. don't do that nowadays. Yeah. Go to your local drag strip. It's way, way safer. The roads are too busy these days, but uh, times were different back then, and uh, farm roads, and nobody was on them. And, uh, but, uh, wow. How about a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you could have back? Is that the one? Yeah, that would be the one. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, thought you'd say that. Definitely. And, and nowadays, those cars are worth something. You know, yeah. you watch those auctions on TV and, yeah, you know, the original 64 and a half Mustang. Is oh, yeah. I remember something. when they came out, we had a neighbor that got one and all of us went up. It was a convertible. We all went up and sat in that thing and got rides. Like, man, this is really a cool deal. So uh, uh, the Mustang has just been one of those iconic marks forever, forever. I had a 66 GT350 shelby mustang clone that i drove for work every day for a few years and you think you're a rock star when you get gas everybody wants to come up and talk to you about the mustang so they're really great cars lots of fun now how about current projects and today i'd love for you to share a little bit more about these books and if there's another book in your future you mentioned a a fourth book that you're writing but uh, what has you excited and fired up today yeah, it's uh, in fact I was working on it last night. It's on the history of uh, San Francisco auto racing. Uh, when people think of San Francisco, they don't really think of auto racing. Right. But it, had a, it had a rich history going back. In fact, the first uh, auto race in California was in San Francisco in 1900. And I, you know, I really love researching the older stuff, the stuff that I don't really know. And I go back, 
you know, discover all these little uh, nuggets. Now, where in San Francisco was the racetrack? Well, there was quite a few of them. Ingleside was over by the ocean, uh, not too far from Golden Gate Park. They mm-hmm. had the 1915 uh, Vanderbilt Cup over near Golden Gate Park, too. Uh, okay. That Barney Oldfield and all the, the big names back then. They built a, spe- a specially built track for that race. That was, that was really interesting. And they had, they raced at Candlestick Park and sports cars and. Wow, really they cool. Had a, they had a big board track, uh, just a little bit south of San Francisco. So there's a lot of history, but it all ended in, ni- in the 1970s. Yeah, kind of the same for the area I'm in. Uh, they had a big board track in Tacoma. They had a lot of racing back in the day here, but of course it all kind of evaporated. We have Pacific Raceway now, and there's a couple of tracks around here, but uh, those old tracks, yeah, they all kind of just went away or burned up or became yeah. housing tracks or, you know, yeah, kind of like, kind of like Riverside Raceway. So, uh, yeah, very cool. Well, if you were a car, Dennis, what kind of car would Dennis be and why? <laughs> Yeah, that's a interesting question. I I wrote down Toyota because they're reliable. Okay, but that, that that's not what I'd like to be. But yeah, no, I think that's a much better honest answer. You know, <laughs> I, we all want to be a sleek, sexy Ferrari or something yeah. like that. But uh, most of us are really not. But I like the concept of a Toyota. So dig into that a little more. Why would you be a Toyota? Well, they're reliable. They don't break down. Uh, or I have friends or. Pickup trucks went like two hundred and three hundred thousand miles, and mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> never. Yeah. All they did was change the oil. Just reliable, steadfast, steady. There you go. Well, that sounds like you. So <laughs> perfect choice. <laughs> perfect choice. So Dennis, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Hey, cars. Yeah, listeners. I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life car covers front end masks dash covers seat covers floor mats and much much more covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle covercraft is the right choice i use them on all my vehicles and your special vehicles will love them too learn more today at covercraft.com and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, Cars Yeah. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253 253- 722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. 
and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Dennis, we're back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, I would say change your oil regular, regularly <laughs> and uh, check the fluid levels. Yeah. Uh, that, that's come back to bite me a couple times. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a simple thing. Take care of your cars. And I think the thing nowadays is cars are just, they just don't break down and they go forever. And people just forget about those simple maintenance attributes of a car is just check your oil once in a while and top off the fluids and you know get the brake fluid changed at least once every couple of years at the at the minimum and uh, i think people just forget it you know so uh very very good advice sound yeah. advice burned up a transmission by not checking the fluid Ooh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's an expensive error yeah. yeah would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your success be persistent and don't give up and keep learning uh but yeah just keep at it you know, I just have to set time aside to keep working on my books because if you, you just want to keep in that habit. Absolutely. Tenacious attitude, persistent attitude, that's what you got to do. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources these days, but is there one or two that you'd like to share with our listeners? The resources for me were microfilm. And uh, this next book I'm doing, they, a lot of the newspapers in the early part of last century or on, uh, on the internet now, which mm-hmm. is a great help. Oh yeah. Uh, but auto racing books, uh, you know, it's something I would like to mention, uh, people should have mentors. And when I wrote my first book, I, I knew somebody had written four books and he was my mentor, you know, and he was, uh, every, whenever I had questions, I asked him and at, in life in general, people have, should have mentors. Yes. Very important. And, uh, auto racing books by Tom Motter, uh, Buzz Rose and Dick Wallen, they all had great auto racing books. And uh, I just read a book about A.J. Foyt, Mike, uh, Mario Andretti, and Richard Petty. Mm-hmm. That was a great book. Do you remember the author? Oh, yeah, Bones Borchier. Borch- okay, okay, great. Well, I was going to ask you if there's a book you thought that our listeners should read. Would that be the one? Uh, yeah, as, as far as new books, yeah, that uh, okay. it's a really good book. Those are all legends in our era. Okay, and I don't—they don't make race drivers like that anymore. The <laughs> no. people that can go out and uh, well, actually, Tony Stewart—he—he's in that class, uh, racing whatever car he. You know, Tony Stewart could race sprint cars, midgets, uh, stock cars, Indy cars. You know, they're real versatile drivers. Absolutely. Well, listeners, I'll remind you—you you can find all these great resources on Dennis's. Show notes page at carsyad.com slash Dennis Maddish. His last name is M-A-T-T-I-S-H. And I want to remind you that uh, Dennis has been so kind to offer a couple of his books to uh, one lucky Cars Yeah subscriber here. So just go to the Cars Yeah website, click on the free book button. I'll send you my free ebook, Filler Up, and your name will be in the hat. And I'll draw a name and uh, we'll get Dennis to send a couple books. Dennis, can we get you to autograph those? Uh, yes, yes. That yes. would be awesome. Very, very cool. So again, make sure you uh, go to the Cars Yeah website and subscribe, and I'll draw a name, and uh, we'll have a lucky person out there to get their hands on these books. It's, they're really, really cool. So Dennis, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price, because today I'll buy you whatever you'd like. 
What would that vehicle be and why? I would say the STP turbine IndyCar. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I know. You knew it had to be a race car. (laughs) uh, It was driven by a local legend named Joe Leonard. He's a good friend. He was a friend of our family. He worked for my father. uh, And he was the only uh, guy to go out and win championships in both auto racing and motorcycles. Mm. And he also wrote the foreword for my first book. But the the car, he, he was leading the... Indianapolis 500 back in the 60s with just a couple laps to go and uh, it was like a $5 part on it broke down. Remember that story well. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it cost him the biggest win of his career. Uh, well, you picked a pretty darn special car, pretty specific car. That is going to cost me a pretty penny. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Well, that's okay. I offered it, so I'll make sure I get that delivered to you as <laughs> yeah. soon as I can get my hands on that thing. Dennis, you have taken me on an awesome ride around the track today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you, the process of writing these incredible books that you've produced. Thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off down the racetrack in that STP turbine IndyCar? Yeah, I guess uh, you can't please everybody, especially when you're writing books, because there's always somebody <laughs> who's going to be left out and not be happy. But just be sure to be sure to make yourself happy. Absolutely. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, get their hands on your book? Uh, where should they go? Uh, so my website's called historysanjoseautoracing.com. And you could just Google my name okay. and it'll, it'll come up. Awesome. Just, and then click on that site. Or I can, my phone number, I can give that out, right? Sure. Yeah, it's area code 408-316-316. 8595. There you go. Well, listeners, again, you can find links and all these resources on Dennis's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Dennis in the search bar. That page will pop up, and you can find out how to get a hold of them, how to get your hands on these books. I would encourage you. And again, one of those lucky listeners out there, subscribers to Cars Yeah, is going to win two of these books. So uh, very cool. Dennis has been so kind to uh, autograph them. He'll send them off to you. And uh you could be a lucky winner. So make sure you go to the Cars yeah website and subscribe. Dennis, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It was really enjoyable. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!